Welcome to the Impact 360 Institute podcast, where our goal is to explore biblical worldview and servant leadership to equip you for everyday influence. Here's your host, author and director of cultural engagement, Jonathan Morrow. What would a 360-degree approach to discipleship in a post-Christian era look like? Really excited to talk about this question in a brand new book that my friend and colleague here at Impact 360 Institute has edited, No Be Live, A 360-Degree Approach to Discipleship in a Post-Christian Era. Dr. John Basie is the editor of this new volume. I'm excited to talk about that. But before we get into the details of why this book and why now, I want to introduce you to Dr. John Basie. As I said, he's a good friend, a colleague here at Impact 360. He serves as the director of the master's experience here at Impact 360 Institute in Pine Mountain, Georgia. He also holds a faculty appointment with North Greenville University as affiliated professor of leadership. John has served in various leadership capacities in Christian higher education since 1997 and has served Impact 360 Institute in various capacities since 2006. One of his gifts is coaching undergraduates, graduate students, and young professionals in a process to identify their strengths and God-given callings. He also has experience in the for-profit business sector as a certified executive coach and practitioner of various coaching assessments. John is a member of the Evangelical Theological Society and the Evangelical Philosophical Society. He holds a BA from Erskine College, an MA from the Talbot School of Theology at Baylor University in California, and a PhD from Baylor University. His publications include Your College Launch Story, Six Things Every Parent Must Do, and he resides in Pine Mountain, Georgia, with his wife of nearly 25 years, Morena, and their three teenage children. John and his family are members of St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church, PCA, in Columbus, Georgia. John, welcome to the podcast. Great to be here, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. And what I love about reading that bio is I know that the Lord has given you lots of different experiences and competencies. I've seen it firsthand, uh, not only of getting to work together for many years now, but also see you in action, getting to watch you work with students, uh, both at the undergraduate and graduate levels on a daily basis. And I love how you bring all those things together in your unique calling. So really glad and excited to talk about this brand new book that you have edited called No Be Live, A 360-Degree Approach to Discipleship in a Post-Christian Era. And so let's just start at the beginning. Why why write this book? Why bring this volume together now, um, kind of in the culture that we're living in right now? Uh, great question, Jonathan, and I appreciate the intro. You've been uh, on the leadership team here at the Institute for quite a few years and, and have been on, in on the conversations about the possibility of launching this book. And you and, and a few others have been instrumental in, in leading up to this point to where we actually now have this book in our hands. Uh, the, the short story is we thought that it would be uh, helpful not just for the outside world, the world outside of Impact 360 Institute, our various outside audiences, but also our team and sub-teams that comprise Impact 360 Institute, as well as our students and alumni, if we could encapsulate the spirit, the heart of our spiritual transformation philosophy in a single volume. Put differently, 
the way we would say here at the Institute, we disciple is holistically. What does it look like to, to have apprentices of Jesus uh, living holistically in a way that looks more and more like him? And so therefore, the know, the be, and the live pillars of our spiritual transformation that we've had ever since the launch of the Institute in 2006 have become the title of this book. Yeah, absolutely. And in many ways, that no be live is the special sauce of kind of what we do, right? This is we do this um, at every level from our high school students all the way through our fellows experience the nine month to what you get to do with the graduate students and our master's experience at every level. And so it's really fun to get to apply that and kind of see it come to life to address the unique cultural situation that we're in right now. I love from the forward, which Dr. J.P. Moreland wrote, said this, in our cultural Babylon, we need to raise up a new generation of Daniels to be ambassadors for Christ. Yes. And I think, you know, one of the things that we've seen as we've done the research you know, we partnered with the Barna Group to do the Gen Z research, both volume one and volume two. If you're familiar with these publications, there's an orange and a teal covered uh, volume one, volume two uh, research where we wanted to look at what is shaping this generation. What are the challenges? What are the opportunities? What is their outlook on the biggest questions of life? How are they being formed? How are they being shaped? And so it is not a stretch at all, as Dr. J.P. Moreland puts it, we live in cultural Babylon. And so maybe let's just talk about that for a second. What are some of the characteristics that you see of living in cultural Babylon that these students are being raised in um, that we're trying to disciple them in the midst of? Yes. Great question, Jonathan. And I'll dive into that for the sake of, of our audience, a little bit about how the book is put together. The no be and the live are organizing principles in the volume, so three sections of the book, and we have chapters in each section. But we really wanted to utilize and steward the Gen Z research that you have ably led uh, here at the Institute in partnership with the Barna Group. And so to the question, how did we come up with the various topics in the book? Well, the answer, for the most part, is we allowed the research itself to guide the topics. So if the Gen Z research is what raises some of the issues, the concerns, as well as opportunities, then this book is one attempt. It certainly won't be the last, but it's one attempt to address some of those challenges and opportunities raised in the research. Yeah, absolutely. And so as you look at the landscape, I mean, one of the things we know by by really kind of building everything we do around that know, be, and live philosophy, there are certain challenges that that touches on. Maybe what are a couple of those as people think about, like, what are some of the pressure points um, and the shaping forces that we're going to talk about in this volume? Absolutely. So when you talk about living in a present-day Babylon, as you mentioned before, and, and a number, interestingly enough, a number of our contributors refer to that very dynamic. We're like Daniel living in a present-day uh, Babylon, Jonathan. That's exactly right. Uh, one of the things we see is uh, more of a prevalence of, of moral relativism mm. in this generation, the view that truth is determined by uh, the culture in which 
we find ourselves, and it goes no further than that. And certainly a more pernicious view of that would say, uh, it's not even up to the culture where I live. It's solely up to me as an individual, uh, what we would call uh, subjectivism. So we have more of a prevalence of moral relativism. You would be very familiar with the research where it, it shows very clearly that only 34% of Gen Z actually agree that lying is wrong. So this is one of the things that we're facing today in, in cultural Babylon. Another one that we're facing is uh, a culture uh, in our uh, politically divided time, uh, specifically narratives that say we must be openly for or against certain movements, or then we are less than human or, or almost less than human if we don't mm. commit to one side or the other. Right. And uh, Melissa Palou, one of our contributors, gets at this in her chapter on kingdom diversity in a, mm -hmm. in a very helpful way. I think another thing, Jonathan, that we face in here in uh, present-day cultural Babylon is the influence of living online, hmm. virtual living, we, we could call it. Our, our Gen Zers, as, as you know very well because you work with them every day, uh, they can hardly remember a time when they did not have complete and total access to some kind of connected device, mobile devices, computers, and of course, they get their social media uh, through these devices. And what are the messages that are coming through these devices in ways that, that you and I and older generations uh, simply didn't have uh, at their same age? Those are just a few of them. Yeah, absolutely. And what's, what's great about this list of contributors that you've assembled and edited in this volume is everyone on that list not only has thought deeply about these questions, but they're also practitioners. They're actually doing and interacting with students. So it's not just these ivory tower things. And that, you know, if you're listening to this interview right now and conversation, I want you to consider getting a copy of this book. The book we're talking about is No Be Live, a 360-degree approach to discipleship in a post-Christian era edited by John Basie. And it's really a kind of our approach at Impact 360 Institute on how to disciple Gen Z and, and future generations in this cultural Babylon idea, and then having other like-minded, missionally aligned contributors come alongside that and, and talk about these things. And so, because these issues will have to be addressed if you work with and care about Gen Z. And so that's what we want to do is make an accessible uh, way forward, a pathway. But, but basically, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about was, why a holistic approach? Why mm. not just pick one? You know, sometimes it'd be easier if you could just pick one of the three. Yes. Uh, but what what is unique about and why does it matter that we do all three um, as opposed to kind of maybe a, a limited kind of approach? Yeah, super question, Jonathan. I think what we would say here at the Institute is that we live in a fragmented world. Uh, the effects of sin, the effects of the fall are always with us. And uh, one of the effects of the fall is that we tend to live in more splintered ways. We can't see how one thing connects to another. What does that mean for us as human persons? Well, if it's true that we are made in God's image, that we are all image bearers, whether we acknowledge our creator or not, 
it's true that, that the fall affects us as image bearers. And one of the things that, that we learn as we read the story of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, we see a, a grand meta-narrative, and, and we teach this in our, in our fellows' classes. We teach it at the master's level. Uh, what is that meta-narrative? Well, it's creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Or that last one could be uh, consummation. Mm -hmm. And so we are going somewhere in history. It's headed somewhere. And part of that redemptive effort is to bring these things that have broken apart and splintered Mm. back into a whole. And so that fundamentally is why we champion this holistic model. So here at the Institute, life of the mind is absolutely key. Love your God with all your mind, soul, heart, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. A biblical worldview and and how to build a biblical worldview is at the very center of what we do. Uh, This gets at our know, uh, that first pillar, know Jesus more deeply. Mm -hmm and grow in your understanding of what God has revealed about reality and why Christianity is true. This has been present from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And uh, when, when you came on, you, uh, you and your team have helped bolster that even further. And that's, that's why this is the very first thing we emphasize. The B, mm-hmm. getting to the heart of the matter, that, that character piece, it might not be enough. In fact, it would not be enough simply to know, simply to have an intellectual discipleship. It's necessary, as we say, but not sufficient. But the be simply means be transformed in your character and to discover our identity in Christ and our God-given callings in authentic community. So that community piece becomes key. Mm -hmm. And we're weaving these things together, the intellectual discipleship together with the character discipleship. And then finally, the live, stitching those first two together with this one, giving the first two legs, as it were, to go somewhere. We live a life of kingdom influence as we live a life of spirit-empowered kingdom influence and cultivate uh, a servant's heart. And so... To answer your, your question, uh, we are very aware that there are many good churches out there doing some uh, extraordinary things with discipleship. We do have reason to believe that, uh, for various reasons, it is very difficult for most churches to carry on a holistic discipleship program, and that's, that's exactly what we're trying to do here with the No Be and Live. Yeah, absolutely, and, it, and it's vital because um, if we're going to take the call that Jesus has given us seriously, then we have to bring those together. And so that means we have to know stuff. We have to know what's true. We have to have confidence and clarity around that. It's got to flow from a biblical worldview, but we've also got to becoming the right kind of people who are looking and sounding and acting and thinking like Jesus. And then we can't just pretend as if knowing enough and becoming someone by ourselves is enough. We actually have to go do something with it. And and that's what I, what I love about some of the insights you bring together in this book is Gen Z is very much an activist generation. But what I love about the forward that um, 
that J.P. Moreland wrote. He says, we need Christ-centered activists who permeate the culture with humility, courage, and purpose. Mm. That means a particular kind of activist, mm-hmm. right? You know, we can we good intentions don't necessarily lead to good outcomes, and so we want to equip students to take those passions and and gifts in youth, which is awesome, right? And do something with it for the kingdom that flows from a biblical worldview, that flows from following Jesus in everyday life with humility, courage, and purpose. And that's what I love about this vision. That's what, honestly, that's why we do what we do here. I mean, mm-hmm. this is that's part of the special sauce of what we've been doing since the beginning here at Impact 360 Institute. And really, this volume attempts to capture some of that and say, okay, as we all think about this together, as people who care about the next generation, whether you're a parent, a teacher, um, an influencer, um, everyday churchgoer, educator, whatever, whatever sphere you find yourself in, if you work in some capacity with students, grandparents, whatever, whatever you are, how can we bring these three things together? And so, I mean, there's some amazing topics in here. I mean, we, we're going to talk about truth and faith. We're going to talk about knowledge and worldview formation. You've collected a great team has written on kind of how truth and relativism come together, you know, discipleship among a digital generation. How do we order our loves and affections and desires? What does it look like to be holy in the nature of the spiritual disciplines and practices? Mm -hmm. How do we think biblically about kingdom diversity, the kind that God is glorified in and honored in, and sexual purity for a new generation? And then identity, right? And then how do we live this stuff out? How do we, as as parents and mentors, not slip into overprotection of, of the mm-hmm. next generation, becoming helicopter parents or, you know, protecting them from all things? How do we help them discern and develop vocation, which is, I know, something close to your heartbeat mm-hmm. and passion and servant leadership? And what does it look like to engage at whatever level culturally, including politically, in a way that honors Christ and glorifies God? And so those are just some of the topics and conversations. And in, and in the coming months, um, this brand new book is going to come out on October 12th. So if you're listening to this right now, you'll, you can definitely pre-order that. And, and you can pre-order that at impact360.org book. And you can find out about that. Again, that's on October 12th. But on our podcast, we're going to be interviewing different contributors, doing a little more of a deep dive into some of these particulars with their area of expertise, but would encourage you to get a copy of this book, No Be Live, A 360-Degree Approach to Discipleship in a Post-Christian Era, because I, I really feel like it's going to take the research that we've done on the next generation and put a way of thinking about it that's accessible that you could build family conversations around, um, maybe a church ministry model or a youth model around that incorporates this know, be, and live idea of, okay, where are these three present in whatever it is that we're doing? And I know that's your, your heartbeat um, in that. And it's such a helpful, helpful book. But one of the things I wanted to ask you about, too, is how do you think culture defines the way the church disciples? Like, mm-hmm. what, what does that look like, maybe for good or ill? Like, how has culture kind of shaped what that seems to feel like? Yeah, great question. Culture, as as we often say around here, is what we come to see as normal without thinking about it. And we have a culture uh, in various churches. We, we certainly have a, a culture that unfortunately does influence many churches. And uh, Gene Fant, in the very first chapter, mm-hmm. uh, writes about this in, in his contribution on the church and and its its shortcomings, he's he's clear about those. He's humble and 
not too harsh, but he is clear about how the church hasn't done as good a job at this. And and so one of the things we find in the seeker movement, I'd call it the the thick seeker movement or the strong seeker movement, is this idea that we must appeal somehow to the emotions of the people who are coming so that we can draw them and keep them. And while it's not intentional on the part of most of these these churches, it's it's well-intentioned, but as you said a moment ago, not all good intentions lead to good outcomes. Here in our culture where feelings are propped up to such a high degree, to such a high value in ways that haven't been true in previous generations, it appeals to Gen Z in ways that are, are not so helpful because if, if we don't continue to appeal to the emotions in our very churches and the way we disciple, not just the music, but even in the sermons that we preach, then we might lose them. So the very telling of truth itself, biblical truth, some of them are, are hard truths that none of us uh, necessarily want to hear. But in that sort of culture where feelings are the highest value, mm-hmm. it then becomes almost impossible to have a discipleship movement that gets past the question, what's going to make me happy? Yeah. And happiness defined by like that inner psychological satisfaction, kind of pleasure and comfort kind of idea, right? Right. And so it's not that feelings don't matter at all. That's not right. what we're saying, but they're not ultimate. That's right. And if and if this culture has really set those things up that way, then I mean a disciple is a learner, right? Amen. And if and if we're gonna be learning from Jesus at the ultimately, then that may call us to do some things that don't feel good or may not immediately make us comfortable or be pleasurable or, you know, and so that's, that's, I I love that you're highlighting that because in some ways, you know, and I'm reminded of this, even as we look at our our world landscape right now, there are many Christians around the world who are severely persecuted for their faith. Mm. And thankfully we still enjoy a lot of religious protections and freedoms here in the United States, in North America, especially, but it is growing more uncomfortable day by day to follow Jesus. And so if we're going to offer forth a discipleship model Hmm. that just is only about, does this make you feel good? Does this make you happy? Defined as comfort and Mm -hmm. pleasure. Mm -hmm. A, it's not biblical and B, it's, it's, it's not going to work. People will just discard it. And so that's just one of the things that we're trying to get at in in this book and this volume that you've put together so ably with, with this team of, of contributors. And so Honestly, one of the things that we're just wanting to do is continue the conversation. If you care about the next generation, it's like, okay, what are the ways that we've been influenced, maybe intentionally, maybe unintentionally, about the way we go about this process of discipleship? So one of the things we hope you'll consider is, okay, what could look different? What needs to look different? And one of the reasons why this book exists is to hopefully give you some ideas and some pathways and a framework to, to go about that. And so we just scratched the surface. This is just kind of an introduction to this conversation, but I encourage you to go ahead and pre-order a copy of this book, No Be Live, A 360-Degree Approach to Discipleship in a Post-Christian Era. It releases on October 12th. You can find a copy and find out where to get it at impact360.org book. 
Uh, you can click on the links there. You can read about all the different contributors and everything else. Again, my guest today has been Dr. John Basie, um, and he's the editor of this book. And I just, John, I want to thank you for the time that you've given to, to bringing this together and really putting it all in one place so that we can hopefully provide something helpful to people who want to disciple the next generation. Thank you, Jonathan. It's been a pleasure to be with you today. Absolutely. So again, I want to encourage you to get a copy of this book, Know, Be, Live, A 360-Degree Approach to Discipleship in a Post-Christian Era. If you care about the next generation, you will find a lot in here to think about, to maybe kind of reevaluate or reframe or even just kind of maybe embark on some new ways of doing the ministry of fulfilling the calling that you have. So I encourage you to check that out again at impact360.org slash book. So definitely keep an eye out for that. It releases October 12th. We hope you'll pick up a copy. But most importantly, join us in praying for and seeking out discipling the next generation. That's all of our calling. Um, There's always a next generation coming, so thank you for being a part of that with us. For more information about our on-campus worldview and leadership experiences for students and our accessible online courses like Explore Truth and Explore the Resurrection, visit impact360.org. Impact 360 Institute. Know. Be. Live. Live.